0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Let's Talk, the pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. You know, in short, the program's designed for someone just like me, because there's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily soul-shaking, it might just be something that's been bothering me for a while. Rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, I find that a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is often the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Lance O'Donnell of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I have my questions and I'm sure you have yours. I'm afraid our phone system is down, but we can still hear you by email. And so you can email us at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org. Lance welcome to the program
1: great to be with you thank you for having me
0: uh, not a problem at all you know uh, we had a program uh, one of our programs that we are here at uh, KFUO is called Wrestling with the Basics and one of the guest pastors on that Pastor Mark Clark uh, made a very interesting observation he said if the year 2020 was a book in the Bible it would be Lamentations <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because <laughs>
1: so, I've, been, I've been listening to Jeremiah uh, ah, the author of Lamentations,
0: yeah. I understand. <laughs> and um, also reminds me a little bit back in uh, dating myself back at Woodstock. Uh, the weather was terrible, conditions were horrible there, and one of the organizers, a fellow who went by the name of Wavy Gravy, said, there's always a bit of heaven in a disaster area. <laughs> and he... <laughs> Were you actually at Woodstock? You know, I missed that one. Darn it! I had a couple of my friends had gone. I had to work that that week. I, I planned on going, but unfortunately, I couldn't get off work. Oh, darn them! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, the the point is, and, and is that there's a lot of joy and happiness and things that are going on that we just don't really emphasize enough because of the horrible situation. Now Lance, I I want you to bear with me here because I'm going to give you a rather lengthy introduction here. Uh, Back in the late 70s I lived in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, one of the things I learned down there was that uh, Mobile was actually the capital of French uh, of French Louisiana and that Mardi Gras started in Mobile, not New Orleans, and it continues to this day. And believe me, I've been to Mardi Gras down there. It's I, I can't describe it. <laughs> Just unmitigated joy for about a week. But sure. uh, the, the lesson I, want, I wanted to bring up to that was that during the Civil War, Mardi Gras was suspended in Mobile, obviously, because of the wartime. And after the war, well, Mobile was not in any mood whatsoever to resume it. Their side had lost the war. They were under Union occupation. There were shortages. There was gloom. There was doom. Just, it's not a pleasant time. However, there was a Confederate veteran, guy had returned from the wars, a guy by the name of Joe Kane. And when Mardi Gras time rolled around again back in 1866, a year after the war ended, he said to himself, this is no fun, let's move on. And so what he did was he dressed himself up like an Indian, got blind drunk, went down to Main Street, and shot out the windows in City Hall to announce that the Mardi Gras was starting again. and. By golly, it worked. Everybody came out in celebrations, resumed, and it goes through to this day. And to this day, Mardi Gras kicked off at Mobile by going down to the Catholic Cemetery where Joe Cain is buried, and you dance on his grave to raise Cain to celebrate the beginning of Mardi Gras. No kidding. Yeah, that's true. I, I was a little appalled when I first saw that with her dancing on this guy 's grave, but then I learned the story behind it so now you know the expression raising cane what it where it came from, but How the boy? point i 'm trying yeah it 's amazing things you can learn on this program, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily biblical, but still there 's a point to it uh, and the point I was trying to raise is that things are bad today, but imagine what it must have been like in Mobile in eighteen sixty six and here is this guy who found reason to find joy and happiness and spread it to everyone around him and I think that's a situation we're finding ourselves in now yeah things are not happy we've got a lot of problems but there's happiness there's joy and you know I I think you mentioned uh, in an email to me you know the Bible actually does describe this specifically there's a Bible verse on it lots of them
1: (laughs) but The one I was thinking of in particular was Philippians uh, 4 verse 8, Okay, which is finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about
0: these things. Very fitting for our times.
1: It is very fitting for a time. I thought of it, I thought of it, Kip, because not a couple weeks ago, I did a funeral for what might be my last World War Two veteran funeral. Oh, um, a man named uh, Ken Greinke, who served in the Pacific Theater in World War Two. And um, this that was one of his he was known to be kind of a relentlessly positive man. And uh, th- this was one of his favorite verses. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is worthy of praise, or think of these things.
0: And, you know, part of the thing, I think, is to step back a little bit and just look at some of the small things and think of what it is that brings you happiness and brings you joy and realize that despite everything, there's a lot of joy here, a lot of beauty in the world. Indeed. So, what's
1: yours? I'm curious. Let's talk about it, (laughs) because I'm I'm really eager for this conversation. It has been such a cruddy few months. Um, (laughs) I'm delighted to talk about some good things.
0: Well, there are a number of different things. They're small, but they add up. You know, there's the old German expression, gestalt, where something is more than the sum of its parts. And that's what we have here. Uh, And just the little things, I mean, for example, that first sip of coffee in the morning, (laughs) <laughs> or when I go out to get, yeah, or I go out to get the paper and the sun is just coming up and I'm hearing the birds, you know, this beautiful music that God has given us. And maybe I can even hear the wind in the trees and I look up and see these marvelous trees. We've got these two pin oaks in the front yard that must be 50, 75 feet tall and just marvelous things to see. And I come back in, and I look out back where our bird feeder is, and there'll be the cardinals and the finches and everything going going for the seed, and I'll look in the yard, and there'll be the squirrels digging up their food, and there'll be the rabbits jumping around, and this is a joy to me. I love this. And little things, like, like my wife in the kitchen, I mean, she's a terrific cook, and... Good for you. This, oh, hell. Oh. My mother wasn't so. Yeah. <laughs> but the smells that come out of the kitchen when she's in there and the way the dogs love her, the dogs follow her everywhere. I mean, it just. And uh, I find a great solace in music. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily sacred music, but um, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat hearing impaired and I can't hear music the way I used to. But, oh. Certain music tunes. Uh, so
1: what's, so what's, I, your, what's your music?
0: Well, it, it kind of a, an eclectic mix. I mean, I will go out. Uh, uh, I, there, there's a, a British group uh, back from the 60s and 70s called Renaissance, okay. whose lead, who's lead singer had a five-octave range. Marvelous. Uh, another one called the Pentangle did a lot of English folk and, and modern stuff uh, of course one of my favorite is one of our people Erin Bodie oh yeah and Erin does uh, it oh a lovely voice and in addition to her sacred music she's a she does some jazz and uh, piano style music you know, piano lounge music it's just wonderful and her voice is just so soothing so utterly soothing it is and these are things that I find small things that take my mind off of everything else. And this is all part of God's joy. I mean, God gave these people this talent. God gave Aaron her voice. God yeah. gave the squirrels out there it in my yard. Of course, I hated them when they went after my corn when I was growing, but that's another story.
1: It's <laughs> funny, but, Kip, that you mentioned that because this is the you know the birds and the stuff. My you know I have four kids. Um, You know, by the end of the summer, they'll be 22, 20, um, 17, and 13. And um, we're getting ready to go up for a little vacation in the southern upper peninsula. But, you know, we had a Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, we did a little camping trip with our little pop-up camper. And the number one memory for the kids is they caught on video some squirrel trying to get into my coffee mug while we were camping. And... um, (laughs) You know, and me, you know, me, wave, me waving my coffee mug at it, trying to get it off the table, um, and the kids just giggling at how ticked off Dad was about a squirrel getting in his face. You know, <laughs> and, you know, had we been at home, they would have been in front of the television or front of video games. But instead, you know, we're out listening to the birds, um, watching squ- squirrels be annoying, and thinking it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know what it really is? So uh, there was a... Um i'm trying to think of uh, which group did it did the song just got back from illinois look at all the happy creatures dancing on the lawn and that's i I always think of that song when i get up in the morning and i look at them ah i think it's clearwater revival that was at cc yeah that that sounds
1: right it's well this is one of those it is one of those things about getting out into nature going on vacation you know what you I hadn't I hadn't thought of this necessarily when we talked about the topic, but when you mentioned the nature, right? When when we get up north, when um, you know I live in Wisconsin, so up north is for us is anything north of I ninety four, which is in the south part of the state. <laughs> for you, we're already way up north. Um, but uh, you know we um, you know we disconnect from our electronic stuff. And, and we reconnect uh, to one another and to the creation a little bit, and it's always a
0: great joy for us. Oh yeah. And, and just in the little things, uh, I mentioned before I'm a dog person, I've got two dogs now. I've got uh, Tessa, the, uh, she's a, um, uh, a Carolina dog, what to call a Carolina hound, and we've got Emma who's a really schizophrenic, over energetic little beagle. Uh, but Tessa, <laughs> I used to walk Tessa around the block all the time, but she injured her leg recently. She tore, um, she tore a ligament, and she can't walk that well anymore. So what I do is uh, I take them out for a drive every day. I drive with the dogs, put them in the car, and we go on out. And I plug in my music, and I'm listening to Renaissance or one of those things, and and the dogs are so funny. I mean, they, they and you just, put
1: the windows uh, down so the dogs can oh, put yeah. their heads out of the window and fill their yeah. nostrils with the sense of the earth.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they just <laughs> have so much fun with that. You know, one of them will come up in the little the hump between, in the front seat and start looking around, and, <laughs> and that makes me feel so good. That, Isn't that silly? Funny. I'm not.
1: I'm not a big. I'm not a big dog guy. But it does. It does make me laugh to be driving down the road and see these dogs with the, the appearance of total joy with their faces all contorted from the wind blowing their, their skin around. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I remember I was driving down the street the other day, and one of the dogs was out the window, and there was this lady on the uh, sidewalk who was walking her dog, and she looked, and she saw me and the dog, and she just broke into this big, huge smile. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I've i done some some uh, shows in the past on where I thought that, where I made the argument that God, that dogs are second article gifts to us. They okay. teach us things, they teach us things. Um, I <laughs> you have to have been. I've been raised with dogs, so you know that said something to me. I remember there was a cartoon I saw just recently with uh, shows a guy going up to heaven, and he's greeted by the angel at the gate, and son of a gun, it's a dog, and the dog is saying to him. Wasn't the unconditional love a hint to you? Ah, yeah.
1: I was wondering if that was where you're gonna go, because I'm not a huge dog person, but my mom is an absolute dog person her Mm. her whole life. And uh, especially, you know, she's been a widow since 1992 and has always had a dog. And uh, part of it is I think, you know, dogs are uncomplicated compared to husbands and children. (laughs) Uh, They just love her, Um, you know, and so I don't, I don't begrudge her that even, you know, she just relocated and is getting what she thinks may be her last dog. Um, She moved near my brother in North Carolina and she's just about to come
0: out of her skin because her new dog is arriving next week. Oh, yeah. That happened to a friend of ours. In fact, my, uh, not a friend really, my, my wife's eldest son uh, who lives near us? Um, had resisted the uh, urge, the nagging of his wife and their their children to get a dog, and he finally gave gave in. Okay, we're going to get a dog. And the kids, the her grand, my wife's grandkids, and the daughter-in-law were so excited <laughs> that this wonderful thing was going to come into their life.
1: And poop on their carpet and all
0: that. stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you know they love them. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. But again, it's, God has put these things on this earth for us. And no matter how bad things seem to get, you can always find some joy out there that He, he gives this to us. Whether it's a, a, a sunrise, or I especially love the way the shadows play in the evening when I'll see the, just the, the sun just starts to set but the upper leaves of the tree will still be in sunlight. I just love that. Yeah.
1: This is a good little exercise, isn't it? I mean, if for, I think for our listeners here, either for yourself or for your family, if you gather to spend some time mm-hmm. talking about good things or call somebody up on the phone and say, you know, I'm tired of bad things. Let's talk about, let's talk about some good things,
0: <laughs> things that are commendable and pure and lovely. Well, you can go back into your memory. What made you yeah. happy? What 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 stood out? <clears throat> what were the people involved? Talk to them about it. They may not even realize that they touched your life that way. Right. You know, we it's it's been a little while since you and
1: I have talked, but you know, we we talked I think in the middle or early in COVID, um, in the quarantine stuff, and we talked a little bit about if I recall us you know what what you saw some some good things coming out of this has
0: has any of that changed for you or um, um there have been so many things happening with that you know following the uh, the protests and the riots and the political season exploding and everything um, you know,
1: the last time we talked was before the George Floyd murder and all the subsequent yeah. rioting and stuff yeah
0: yeah, and that was certainly uh, certainly something but you know there was um, one thing I noticed in fact I talked last week my guest pastor was uh, Pastor Wayne Lawrence who's my pastor at St. Yeah. James Lutheran and we were talking about uh, the demonstrations the peaceful demonstrations that are going on uh, in, the Floyd, uh, in the Floyd following the Floyd killing and something that he remarked and I had observed was that for the first time, large masses of whites were joining in these protests, in the peaceful protests. Maybe, just maybe, there's a reconciliation here starting to come. I hope so. I pray to God that's the case. But that's something I'm looking at with hope.
1: Um, Absolutely. And yeah, in spite of, you know, I don't say in spite of, there's there have of course absolutely been excesses and a massive mm-hmm. amount of hypocrisy but that is absolutely absolutely true you know even you my know in my in my little town in Wisconsin here of 15,000 people and we are we're a very white uh community but you know they had they you know our village green which is in you know in eyesight in eyeshot of of my office here um, they had a protest a couple Mondays ago, you know, and I went, um, and I didn't, you know, I kind of stood on the, on the fringes and talked to some people, but, uh, um, it, you know, it is, it is interesting. I mean, it was in our neck of the woods, it was, you know, you had less than a handful of, uh, darker skinned folks, mostly white folks, but out there, you know, calling for racial equality and so forth.
0: hmm and, you know, uh, President Harrison uh, came out with a, a very strong statement saying... That, I thought an uh, excellent it, statement, Yeah, Wasn't that? Wasn't that excellent a terrific statement. piece? Yeah, And maybe that's one of the, I won't say the joy, but maybe that's one of the good things that is coming out of this, is that there is this truth in the gospel that we can share, that this that racism is against God and everything that he has preached. Yep.
1: Yeah, I went to, uh, you know, once the riots and stuff started, there was a lot obviously going on in Milwaukee, and um, where I'm about 40 minutes away from in Madison, uh, the state capital had lots of protests, you know, 45 minutes west of me. Um, and so a, a church, uh, largely African American church uh, organized a, um, you know, kind of a prayer vigil for peace and so forth. And, uh, and I went um, and joined with, uh, you know, we had a goodly number of other people we had, you know, Milwaukee pastors four Milwaukee pastors, um, you know, present and do a devotion, you know, uh, there was, um, you know, an African-American guy and a Venezuelan immigrant pastor, um, you know, pretty white guy with red hair, um, who serves in the city. Um, and, um. You know, it was it was good to be it was good to be a part of, and to see some. You know, I man, do I hope that is, you know, it is commendable that there might be some progress on this. You know, yeah. of us just not not judging each other by the color of our skin or beginning to get over it. Um, Thank God for that. And, if that's the case,
0: yeah. Well, we'll see where it, where it leads. I mean, there's a. It's still a very volatile situation. Sure. <clears throat> it's still a very volatile situation, and uh, there are people who are trying to make political hay out of it to particular to advance their agenda. Right. Uh, but the, but the agenda. One of the things I've read about. Is the United States is unique from many other countries in that we do not have the blood and soil mentality of Europe or Asia you know our people came here I mean this is not something where we've been been for centuries and centuries and centuries where we don't have this this idea of the, of the traditional friend or the traditional enemy yeah the idea being that you know being an American is is a, is a thought it's a mindset Rather than that, just simply the fact of being born here—certainly that's 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 part of it—but uh, you're in Wisconsin, I'm in Missouri, I've lived out in California, I've lived in Mobile, I've lived in New York, and we're all American. We all yeah. share something in common. Yeah. Okay, well, so I'm being probably out of there.
1: No, but there there there's a possibility because of that of some progress. You know, I, I it we're, On the other hand, it's also made issue, you know, I I think it's just fascinating to see all these Confederate symbols under under Mm -hmm. attack again. And I'm not, you know, and again, I'm a you know, largely white guy, you know, in Wisconsin. It's it's, you know, it's interesting to watch uh, to watch this take place. It's almost like, you know, the Civil War uh, is still being fought. and I suppose, in many respects, uh, it is. I mean, I'm you know I'm thinking yeah, there's a, we need to think about things that are commendable, but um, mm-hmm. you know we we built into our original constitution uh, that that the black people were less than human, and we have been paying for that sin since the 1700s.
0: But I think virtually every civilization has had that. Uh, one of the articles I read, uh, with, for example, Native Americans practiced slavery. Well, heck, they yep. practiced human sacrifice. Uh, yep. I mean, slavery was common. That was the common thing in the world, really, until the 19th yep. century. Right. And, and so, Christians yeah, had a
1: great deal with bringing it to an end.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, absolutely. Uh, the early, uh, early anti-slavery societies in in the United States were Christian-based. Yep that uh it, so it we'll is you like, know, this,
1: this this is also personal for me you know our youngest our youngest is uh is an is a native american um he's a full-blooded mayan um well, whom we adopted when he was an infant from guatemala and mm-hmm. you know so this is you know for us it's um you know, he's just a little boy, you know, he deserves to grow up in a country where he's going to be judged, you know, as Dr. King said, not by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. And if we make some progress in that regard, uh, through all of this, you know, uh, thank God for that.
0: Well, we certainly can hope for that. And as I said, there are, unfortunately, there are people who are, who are using us to advance an agenda. I read, um, uh, in fact they've even read a couple of politicians saying specifically that this is an opportunity for them to advance agendas. So let's hope that it, that doesn't come to pass, that our people are wise enough to step back and say, hey, wait a minute, we're on the same side here. Why are we fighting? And Stephanie has, re, has reminded me, we're coming up to the bottom of the hour. So we're going to oh. take a little break and we got a lot more to talk about. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing you worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis at 815 and Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fenton at 1030, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 930. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO.
2: I'm Gary Duncan. As you know, we postponed our Sherathon back in April, but I'm pleased to announce that we will be celebrating the ministry of KFUO with Sherathon 2020 from Thursday, June 25th through Saturday, June 27th. During this global pandemic and social unrest, it is vital for KFUO to share the love of Christ to a world starving to hear the gospel. As a partner with KFUO, your gifts provide for us to share that word of Christ around the world. Because of social distancing, our Shareathon will be slightly different than it has been in the past. Most of your favorite hosts and special guests will be live from their homes and not all together in the studio. Also, along with special Shareathon programming, we will continue some of our regular programs with extra breaks to ask for your support. Join us for Shareathon 2020, Thursday through Friday, June 25th through 27th, and celebrate the ministry of KFUO. CHRIST FOR YOU, ANYTIME, ANYWHERE.
1: Part of music's grace is that it can say and do at the same time. It can say we need help and at the same time help us. It can sing about comfort while
0: comforting us. And when it calls us to hope, it also gives hope. Experience it on the next Sing for Joy. Sundays at noon on KFUO.
2: After over four decades, an ancient puzzle is solved. When the ancient Jewish village of Ein Gedi, dating back from the Byzantine period, was completely destroyed by fire, it's likely none of the survivors ever returned to claim their property but in the early 70s when archaeological excavations began on the village site, charred scroll fragments were discovered in a burned-out synagogue, considered at the time to be the oldest Hebrew Bible scroll since the Dead Sea Scrolls. In 2015, using specially
1: devised digital imaging software, Israel Antiquities Authority researchers were able to read the burnt scroll fragments for the first time. What they discovered was the first eight verses of the book of Leviticus. Engage with the Bible in an unending journey of discovery.
2: Brought to you by Museum of the Bible.
0: Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Lance O'Donnell. And we are talking about finding joy and happiness in the midst of all the turmoil we, that we have around us. Lance, I'm going to kick it off with something very trivial here, but I think is important because the trivial things sometimes make, make a lot of difference. And I'm gonna ask you, and first I'm gonna give an example for myself. What makes you laugh out loud? Put a smile <laughs> to your face. Well, one of the things that happens with me, one of, my, one of my morning rituals is I love the comics page. Love it. And, um, one of my favorite strips is one called Brewster rocket space guy. <laughs> <laughs> Completely apolitical, but it is the funniest. I, I, every time I read that, I break out in laughter.
1: What makes me laugh out loud? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> um, my mother hearing a dirty joke, um, Uh, um, yeah yeah, that's kind of funny um without and obviously we can't talk about that uh we went we went we we did we we went to florida after christmas this last year my mom was living down there at the time and my whole side of the family was able to get together and we played uh, a board game and um my mom was in on it and You know, she just loves being in the thick of it, but she's a a little bit of a, you know, she's a little bit of a prude. And, you know, the game forced her to say a couple semi off color things. And just to hear that come out of her mouth just made, you know, I almost wet myself. Um, (laughs) It was (laughs) so, uh, yeah, I have my mom, it's funny. I call my mother just about every day on the way into work. Uh... And during the school year, I usually have a couple of the kids with me. And I don't know for some reason, uh, my mother is really gullible, and <laughs> you know I'll, I'll get her, I'll get her going. And we really ought to do a little reality show of those conversations, uh, because you know getting my mother going is a scream. Um, <laughs> so that makes that that uh, you know I don't know here here yeah. Now remember the my, fourth commandment here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, getting my getting my mother going. Uh, and we've done, you know, we, and my dad did it for years. Um, you know, we'd get, we get, we'd get mom going. And she said, she's a really good, she's a really good sport about it. Uh, so that, what a great question. That's kind of funny. Yeah, hearing, hearing, hearing my, hearing my gullible mother run with something makes me laugh out loud, for
0: sure. <laughs> one, um, one memory that always, I always chuckle about is uh, my German grandmother, uh, Connie, we call her Cunning, Her actual name is Conradine. It's a family tradition, but what the heck? Uh, very, very proper lady, except for three things. She liked her beer. She liked her cigars, and cigars. when she played, uh, oh yeah, she loved cigars, and uh, and uh, she loved pinochle. And when she drew a bad hand. This woman led out with a string of profanity in German that would have scalded the ears of a German mess sergeant. Now, it, what was it really funny about this was that in my house growing up, I mean, we couldn't even say, damn, in my house without getting our mouth washed out. But Cunny, right. <laughs> you could do it in German. <laughs> but
1: grandma, the grandma could let fly under the right circumstances.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the German families are largely matriarchal. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, uh the things that she, she, I still remember that, still laugh every time I think about that.
1: Your your little grandmother spout, spouting off.
0: Yeah,
1: those are good things to think
0: about. Yeah, they are. I remember my dad, um, <laughs> my dad had a very strange sense of humor sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you told me about my,
1: Halloween and how obnoxious he was. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> well, here's a couple of different ones. For example, when uh, when um, uh, my brother was a, was a little boy, they'd be driving on the country and they'd see a dog, uh, they'd see a cow, and Dad would go quack quack quack. <laughs> just really screw up the poor boy's mem- idea of what a, an animal was. Or uh, again, when when I was young, we were living in this Jewish neighborhood, so I heard the expression "oy they a lot. I asked dad what that meant and he looked at me with a straight face and said, oh, that's French for help. I was 12 converter. years old before I realized that wasn't the case. <laughs> 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 but, you know, the thing was is that dad didn't take things all that seriously. I mean, he, there, obviously, he took the family seriously. He took, he took uh, his job very seriously but the world around him was something to delight in that was a very important lesson i learned from him he had this insatiable curiosity and he took delight in these things something that he didn't know or something that he learned i remember one of the things he always taught me was that any time any day you learn something new is a good day well there you go that's so a great that makes lesson. you oh i think so too dad was it Phenomenal person. I, I miss it to this day. Uh, what? What? Uh, what? Is there anything daily that makes you break out in laughter? Anything and if daily. not, I recommend. Go, if not, I recommend that you read Brewster Rocket. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, I have uh, my third. My third child is this little bundle of joy. Um, she's always been very difficult to discipline because she's just. A bundle of joy. She'll be 17 uh, later this summer. (laughs) And um, you know, for example, you know when they when the kids were younger, if they did something, um, I used to make them do push-ups, right? You know, so drop and give me, you know, drop and give me 20, you know, type of thing, right? And you know, so you know, I would. and Her name is Phelan, which means uh, graceful in Irish. And I'd say, all right, Phelan, give me 20 push-ups, and she'd get, and then she'd just start giggling. Um, or, you know, or do 20 jumping jacks and she would just start giggling. You know, you're trying to discipline this child because she's done something wrong and she's just smiling and giggling through the whole thing. Um, so in her her little brother, who uh, just turned 13. Um, they've kind of bonded uh, being cooped up together during covid. Uh, they're very different mm-hmm. personalities, um, and, but they've kind of bonded, which has been fun and um and and a and a wonderful surprise during covid and he is just an annoying little pest to her <laughs> um, <laughs> you know he loves to he loves to poke at her, and you know my wife and I just sit back and um and you know so he'll poke at her and get her you know get her going and then they'll start to wrestle on the floor, and then you know she's still bigger than he is. In, and then he'll just play turtle. You know, he'll he'll just he just won't fight. He'll give up, and it frustrates the snot out of her because uh, she'll want to res- she'll want to wrestle with this little annoying little pest. And then he just won't comply. Um, he is he's a, a a perfect little youngest child. Um, <laughs> I don't know I don't know where were you where were you in your family birth order, but yeah, he's I he's a the perfect little. Yeah, he's a perfect little pest. Well, you get this thing. Yeah, Yeah, he's a perfect little pest. uh, But then, you know, and and then he just plays turtle and won't fight.
0: And my 80-year-old brother still calls me the kid.
1: Yeah. How's he doing, by the way?
0: Uh, I got to tell you, I haven't heard from him in a long time. I'm starting to get a little worried. In fact, I've just fired out an email to uh, his son saying, what's going on, guys? Yeah, Um, He's always been a bit of an introvert. Sometimes more than me. Uh, actually I tend to be an introvert. For for our months ago we talked yeah.
1: For our listeners, some months ago we talked about Kip's brother having some health issues.
0: Um, Yeah, he he did definitely had some health issues and some spiritual issues, as I said. He's he is not a believer and that just breaks my heart. Trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to get through to that. Yeah. But
1: you know, that would you know, I, I haven't had to face that with mine you know thank god that that was one of the things i was thinking of that makes me that makes me smile is um we're starting you know my older kids uh my oldest daughter will be 22 um, in august um my son just turned uh my oldest son just turned 20 and the older two you know have kind of started to pair off um you know my oldest uh, daughter siobhan Um, which means gracious in Irish. Uh, Siobhan met this, you know, wonderful young man and, and he graduated earlier from Concordia, Wisconsin, and just started his first job up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And they're a fun pair to watch. You know, it's kind of weird and wonderful to be at that stage in life where your kids are starting to, you know, potentially pair off. And, Mm-hmm. It's been kind of fun for my wife and I, for Carrie and I, to look back and say, you know, we really like those two together. Um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been kind of fun.
0: Well, let me, let me continue with that uh, thread a little bit, Lance. Uh, I, I mentioned before, I've never had children. Yeah. So I don't really know what it's like to be a parent to watch these kids grow up. What has it been for you? What what has what has what
1: what has made me happy as a parent? Yeah. What
0: made it? What what did make you fulfilled? What did it do for you to to bring these lives up? Oh wow, <laughs> that's a big deep
1: question. Um, well, you know we we have had you know my mate my, my major life goal was. Um, to do a little bit better than my parents in terms of the happiness of the, our household. Um, you know, and ours was my, my parents, I grew up in a family. My parents were amazing parents. Uh, they weren't great as a married couple. Um, and they stayed together, thank God, but they, they weren't, they weren't often great as a married couple. And so for me, a major life goal was that my children would grow up in a household where it was clear that mom and dad loved and honored each other. And it has been, you know, it's, it's an interesting question, especially as the older two have, you know, and my son Eden now is a you know, serious girlfriend who, um, you know, it's been fun to watch him really just be happy, you know, without any drama. Uh, they just, you know, they, they get along and it's, it has been interesting to watch the older two in particular, navigate you know, early relationship issues and, and to see how, um, with you know, some trial and error, but to see how the positive relationship between their parents has influenced their, their learning and conduct of their own relationships. Um, that has been is becoming a joy for me and for and for my wife
0: um, well this is something you can look on every day and say darn we did something right
1: well we or or just we didn't totally screw it up
0: <laughs> 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 you know
1: um but you know that's you know so far you know um you know again you know we're we're only part of the way through this but you know, the, for a lot of pastors' families, there's often, you know, being a pastor can be hard. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. can, you know, sometimes carry the cross and um, that, you know, sometimes family life is challenging. Um, but I, I really haven't, I really haven't had so far, you know, kids in spiritual rebellion. Um, and I'm... Well, and again, again, that's so far, and I'm really thankful for that. I, it is such a joy uh, to watch everybody sitting together in worship. It's such a joy on vacation that we'll have soon, you know, for me to sit with them. Um, it, was a, it was kind of a quiet, albeit annoying joy during the quarantine, you know, when <laughs> I joined the family at home for worship cause we, we pre- we had to, because we had Internet issues, we we had trouble streaming so we had to pre-record our worship services for a few weeks and so on Sunday morning for the first time in 20 years um, I sat there with my family um, you know in front of the TV (laughs) as we watched our worship as our worship worship service and it was a great joy um, and also a little bit of an annoyance because you could see the kids, you know, that they're poking at each other, you know, like you and your brother probably did, Um, (laughs) you know, even sitting there on the couch, you know, they can't resist, you know, uh, the smile and the poking and, um, you know, even, you know, and even when we try to do our family prayers, that's been one of the great things that's come out of COVID is I've been home most nights, uh, which often isn't the case. And so we've been having dinner together and we start we started we've read through about two-thirds now of uh, John dr. John Kleinig wrote a book called grace upon grace um, mm. spirituality for today which is a, a, a deeper dive uh, than typical devotion books into spirituality and we've been kind of gradually reading through it and inevitably one of these kids um, decides he's going to annoy his or her sibling <laughs> while we're while we're trying you know right as we're about to pray um, you know, because I'll we'll we'll do the reading and I'll say, what do we want to pray for? And then, I mean, almost every time, and I find myself both annoyed and smirking at at the joy in the household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I remember the the year I got out of high school, I worked as a camp counselor at a at a YMCA camp, Christian camp, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, we would say grace before eating our, our meal, and the idea was each kid would, would do it separately. And I remember this one kid, his turn, little Johnny, whatever the heck his name was, would you say grace, please? He stands up and goes, rub dub dub thanks for the grub, go, God, go. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm stifling this laugh because I've got a discipline, it, for me. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You, you,
1: that's a pretty creative. Yeah, creative, creative
2: response.
0: Uh, gee. Oh, gosh, that was. I don't know how many years ago, and I'm still here. I'm still laughing about that. One of those things that happened that you always remember and take with you. Right. <laughs> I wonder what ever happened to that little kid? He's probably a. He's probably a preacher now. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. We. No. We had a kid. Um, it. Oh my goodness. Uh, i was not you know we i wasn't church going as a kid but i grew up in a very lutheran town uh mm-hmm. franken michigan and there was there was a kid in my class and we were to been probably freshmen in high school or something like that and uh this was back you know we didn't know what adhd was back then um but he definitely would have been diagnosed uh if that diagnosis had been available um he was crazy and um one day, I have a bunch of kids my age over to my house, and we live out you know, in a, in a neighborhood, kind of out in the country with a creek and stuff. And he, ta- he finds a bucket in my garage, uh, this guy, and he, f- he somehow finds, it must have been a dozen garter snakes, oh. however he did it, and puts them, puts them in the bucket, right? And carries the bucket into my garage, and I'm standing there, and I don't think my parents were home. And he dumps the garter snakes in the middle of my garage, cackles, <laughs> and then runs off, gets on his bike, and rides home. Um, and I find out later, uh, now he's a, now he's a Lutheran school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I left home. You know, I lost. I kind of totally lost track of him. But now he's a Lutheran school teacher, which I think you oh, know he's that's probably funny. he's probably an absolutely fantastic Lutheran school teacher. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I remember that. You know, he just dumps this pile of snakes in the middle of my garage, cackles, and then, then screams off on his bike before
0: I can tackle him. know This is what I'm talking about. These are the memories that we can sit down, no matter what the situation is. We can look back and we can laugh. Or we can do it in the present time. Things are happening all the time around us. And that they are fun, they are amusing, they are beautiful, and all you have to do is to to look for them. God gives them to us, and that's all we have to do. You know, it's like grace. You know, we don't do anything to earn it; it's given to us. Well, this is what He has done to us. Yeah, here. yeah. It, we're in some rough times now, but do you have eyes to see
1: it? Right. Thank you, well, in so do you have, you know, do you have eyes to see it? Will you let yourself see it? Um, oh, because yeah. the goodness of the grace is always there. Um, are you going to see it? Will you let you know? God grant us uh, faith to see it, to receive it.
0: And there's the danger because sometimes it is hard to see past the difficulties to the joy. Uh, You know, maybe that's the old Adam in us. I don't know what it is, but it it can be difficult. But we have to remember that there is a goal. There is a joy out there. We just have to look for it. Well, it is one of the, right,
1: part of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Um, We all have it uh, by virtue of our baptism. We have joy. You know, love, joy, peace, faith, you know, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, all that stuff. Um, we have it. Um, but often we lose it. Our, our pres, you, know, you mentioned our president earlier. He wrote a nice little book about that a couple, three years ago, or probably a lot longer than that. Matt Harrison wrote a little book on joy um, that has somebody that did some illustrations for him. It's a nice little book.
0: And that's part of what Lutheranism is, is... The idea being that the burden has been lifted off of us. The debt has been paid. Rejoice. Uh, indeed. You know, now you got me thinking.
1: So I'm in front of my I'm in my office right now. Now I'm now I'm looking at my thinking I want to grab. Where is that Harrison book? The little book on joy. I've got it here somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to grab it and take it home and have a peek at it. Um, because he did a, he did a really nice job.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's forgotten more theology than I could know in a hundred years.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned his um, statement on the on the Floyd George Floyd murder because I, I I too thought it was an an exceptional theological pastoral wor- uh, work and concise um, and and worthy. So if our listeners, if you go to lcms.org, um, it's probably under the COVID-19 resources, but there's a, there's a, or, or something. There's a letter from, um, there's a letter from President Matthew Harrison on the. Actually, on I think it's on the George front Floyd. page of
0: that too. Is I think it? it's on yeah. the front page. As soon as you go to LCMS.org, uh, you it? know, it goes yeah. through. Well, a, yeah, and, uh, and yeah. I posted it on my personal Facebook page to let people know. You know, the, we Lutherans sometimes get a bad rap. <laughs> I don't know why, but we do sometimes. And that, that, that's, that's an important message that we need to get out. We are Lutherans. This is what we know. That is wrong. This is what God says.
2: Yep.
1: And a call. And you know, he's done, you know, I mean, this is, a, you know, speaking of something commendable, I mean, you know, that's a tough gig, that job that he has. Oh, yeah. Um, but, so you're not, you know, you're not planning
0: he... on running for the head of the Senate? <laughs> no. So you're not planning on running um, for the job?
1: <laughs> no, uh, that's that's a well, yeah. I'm in no position to do it anyway. Um, you know, but uh, he, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt Harrison, going back to his time when he was a young pastor in Fort Wayne, has, was very active across. Uh, you know, he his his church was in the, in the one of the poorest census areas in the state of Indiana. Very active in neighborhood renewal. With people of all races, very active in ecumenical stuff. When he was at World Relief and Human Care, um, had great friendships and relationships across, um, you know, really in, the, if I recall, really deep friendships um, in Christ uh, across whatever racial issues there were. Um, he's really been a leader on this. I, I think his his whole life. Um, you know, I think he and his wife did missionary work among Native Americans. His, his first, uh, his first gig, and maybe even before he went to the seminary. So uh, he's been a leader on this issue for, um, and probably deserves more, a lot more credit. He gets a lot of, he gets a lot of crud for being president, but President Harrison's been a leader on race relations. I think for as long as he's served as a pastor and before that.
0: Well, I think. Uh you know, the the lcms has been overwhelmingly white and i think that pastor uh, the president harrison does not regard this as a good thing he has done a lot of outreach group uh, outreach to uh, inner cities to uh we've got uh, this ministry to uh to uh the the, the black community but we need right. to get more in there and i think he is acutely aware of that it is working very very hard well that is that that is certainly
1: a prayer for me i mean i'm i'm 50 years old i remember being at the last convention um and looking out you know and and i'm i guess i'm i'm more attuned to this than i might have been before because we have a you know um, we we've got mixed races in our family um but you know that that delegation is pretty white um and you know my my prayer my prayer is that part of my prayer is that by the by the time that you know that i hang it up um and prepare to go meet my maker that our church body is um there's a there's a lot more color in that crowd when we gather in convention well i suspect that's going to
0: happen i suspect that's what's going to happen and we we certainly have the message out there and i think we have the attraction Lance, we're going into the uh, last 30 seconds or so of the program, as you can hear from our music. Yep. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for joining the program and sharing joy. That is what is so important with us as Lutherans. We have uh, an image of being a rather gloomy and dour group. It ain't so, folks, I'm telling you. There's a lot of happiness out there.
1: Thank you very much. Think about good things. God bless you, Kip. Thanks for having me.
0: And you, Lance.